Chapter Two of Vice in Its Proper Shape. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Vice in Its Proper Shape, or the Wonderful and Melancholy Transformation of Several Naughty Masters and Misses into Those Contemptible Animals Which They Most Resemble in Disposition by Anonymous. Chapter Two, an account of the surprising transmigration of Master Anthony Greedyguts into the body of a pig. The next room into which we were conducted contained a fat little pig, who, as soon as we had entered the door, began to cry, "A week, a week, a week!" in such a squeaking tone as grated our ears in the most disagreeable manner. But as soon as Mr. Wiseman produced his wand, he lowered his pipes to a few sulky grunts, and then became as still as a mouse. This young pig, said the venerable Brahmin, is now animated by the soul of the late Master Greedyguts, who died about two months ago, and has left a number of relations behind him in almost every town you can mention. Poor foolish youth! If he had been less fond of his belly and more attentive to his book and to the good advice of his parents, his soul would not have been confined as it now is in the body of that nasty, greedy, and noisy little animal which you see before you. But to represent his character in its proper colors, he was always a hoggish little fellow and disdained every other sort of labor but that of lifting his hand to his mouth. He loved eating much better than reading, and would prefer a tart, a custard, a plum cake, or even a slice of gingerbread or an apple, to the prettiest and most useful little book you could present him with. So that, if his parents had purchased a hundred books for him, one after the other, he would have readily parted with them to the first crafty boy he met with, who had any trash to spare by way of exchange. It cannot, therefore, be considered as a miracle, notwithstanding the extraordinary care and expense which his friends bestowed upon his education, that he always continued a blockhead, and was such a perfect dunce at eleven years of age, that instead of being able to read and write as a young gentleman ought to do, he could scarcely tell his letters. He was equally remarkable for his selfishness, for if he had twenty cheesecakes in his box, or his pockets full of oranges and apples, he would sooner have given a tooth out of his head than have parted with one of them, even to his own brother or sister. The consequence was, and indeed what else could have been expected, that he was despised and hated by all his playfellows, and distinguished by the mortifying title of Tony Pig, an animal which he perfectly resembled in his nastiness as well as greediness. For if he was dressed in the morning as clean as hands could make him, he would, by running into puddles and kennels and rolling upon the ground, become as black as a chimney-sweeper before noon, 
and I sincerely believe that he thought it as great a punishment to have his hair combed, or to wash his hands and face, as to be whipped. For he would cry and struggle as much to avoid the one as to escape the other. But to ease his parents of their heavy apprehension upon his account, and to rid the world of such a plague and disgrace as he certainly would have been, if he had lived to years of maturity, kind death was pleased to dispatch him in the twelfth year of his age, by the help of a dozen penny custards, which he greedily conveyed down his throat at one meal, and thereby gorged his stomach, and threw himself into a mortal fever. After his exit, his soul, as I have already informed you, was hurried into the body of this little pig, a station which perfectly corresponds with his disposition. Nay, so great is his stubbornness, which is another hateful quality in which he resembled the animal before you, that his punishment has not made the least alteration in his temper. For if we were to get his soul replaced into a human body, upon his promise of immediate amendment, he will not submit even to make such a promise. To convince you that I have not misrepresented his character, I'll try the experiment immediately. Accordingly, the good Brahmin asked him before us all, if, upon the condition above mentioned, he would leave off his greedy and selfish behaviour. To this he condescended, though with a visible reluctance, to grant, Ay, ay! But how long will it be, said Mr. Wiseman, before you perform your promise? A week, a week, a week, cried the pig. And how long will it be before you lay aside your nastiness, and maintain such a cleanly and decent appearance as becomes a gentleman? A week, a week, said the dirty creature. And how long will it be, before you respect the good advice of your parents, and prefer the improvement of your understanding to the gratification of your appetite? A week, a week, a week, replied the stubborn little animal. In short, said the worthy Brahmin, if I were to repeat the same questions to him a month, or even a year hence, I should not prevail upon him to say, now. But his constant answer would be, A week, a week, a week. I believe, therefore, that instead of reforming him, which is an event that would afford me the most sensible pleasure, we shall at last be forced to roast and eat him. For as long as he continues in his present way of thinking, it is very certain that his existence can be of no service either to himself or any one else. Thus then, said he, I have troubled you with a particular account of this stupid little pig, and I sincerely hope that the story will prevail upon my young visitors to be cleanly in their appearance, temperate in their diet, and kind and obliging to everybody. For whosoever pursues a contrary behaviour 
is in reality a hog, though he bears the name of a gentleman. End of chapter 2 Recording by Iswa in Belgium in August 2008